The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hello and welcome back. Thanks again for joining us as we take a few minutes out of our day to examine God's Word. And we're glad you're with us again. And we started just a couple days ago examining an Old Testament historical book and we're walking through the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, if you've not watched the first or listened to the first few episodes of this, you can find this if you're listening audio. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on um, Apple, Pod, um, Apple Podcasts. You can find Amazon, TuneIn, Spotify, the primary places most people go. You can find it in those locations. If you're list watching it in video, Church's uh, you, uh, YouTube channel, uh, we've been having an issue with the Facebook page, and so it's not going to have the first couple. But the YouTube channel, just go to YouTube and search Grace Baptist Church Bakersfield. You'll find it there, and it's usually under playlists, and you'll see it under First uh, Samuel. And we encourage you just to uh, stick along. There's some great truths. I love studying the Old Testament historical books as you get some history of Israel. You get to learn a lot about the attributes and who God is. And there's just some great practical principles for daily life that we see in the Old Testament books. And we're going to look at a bit about actually who God is this morning. So 1 Samuel, we see that Hannah comes. She she was not allowed to have children by God's design. Through prayer and through sacrifice, God gave it to, gave her to Samuel. Samuel takes the son back to give to Eli, and now uh, Samuel's going to live with Eli, be reared there to serve God in the temple. But they just got done dedicating this entire answer to prayer, dedicating Samuel, giving back in obedience. We know that ultimately Hannah enjoyed more children as a result of it. But So what we're going to see now is kind of the answer to prayer. She stewarded her prayer well. When God gave her what she had asked for, she obeyed. She didn't turn around. She didn't change it. She obeyed. And so when we see those things, we just we see God's work in a unique way. We see God's sovereignty, God's plan, as we call it, God's plan, our part, or my God's story, our part. Um, but what we're going to do is jump into the first several verses of chapter 2. In the first few verses of chapter 2, we see, we just get to dive in and see Hannah praying. We get to see her praying um, in really praise to God. I guess we can, one thing we can look is if we want to spend time just praising God, one of the greatest ways to do it is go to passages of Scripture where people praise God. A lot of the chapters in the book of Psalms are like this. This few verses are an example of it. Just maybe read them to God from your heart to Him or learn the things from those passages that are included in praise and include that into your praise. So really the three things that we will see as, as we read these verses and just kind of slowly unpack and kind of walk through them, um, we're just going to see Hannah praising God for three of what we call his attributes. The idea of an attribute is what are the characteristics of God? Who is God? What are things that are true about him? We know. And the three attributes we'll see today is we're going to see about his holiness. We're going to see about his sovereignty. And we're going to see about his strength. Uh, And by the way, we always say this. It's important for us to recognize this, that we need to serve a God who is holy, who is sovereign, who is strong, uh, because we need somebody who can help us to endure what life sends our way, to help us to overcome Satan. And so as we look at this, these are wonderful attributes. Sometimes God looks at holiness and he looks at so- people, excuse me, people look at God's sovereignty and holiness and if they're not careful, they see him as an oppressive God and they do not understand God when they see it this way. He's holy, yes, he's sovereign, which means he knows what's going He needs to be. We need a God more powerful than us so that we can deal with whatever comes our way. Uh, but we see this and we know that he loves us and he, these attributes are used to help us through our daily lives. So let's jump in. He, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, 
The Bible says, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. So she just begins to rejoice in the Lord, exalt, thank him for what's going on. He talks about the holiness of God, and that's really what we see. There is none holy like you. There is none a rock like And I love the idea there is any rock like our God, that he stands still. You know, I love the premise of the idea of rock. Rocks don't move. They're solid. Um, the premise is you know it's firm. You have a firm foundation. Uh, we use concrete. We use rock to make foundations for buildings today. We know that we have a strong foundation. We know that that rock is not going to move. Uh, we know that we can trust him. So in his holiness, yes, he's just, but he, he will not move. And it's one of the things, when you, when you begin to live in obedience to God, one of the great attributes that you look for in living in obedience to God's will is the fact that he will not change, that what he said today will not change tomorrow, that what he said today will not become a surprise. He's not just going to decide tomorrow, you know, this principle in Scripture is wrong or this truth is wrong. Some religions do that. They literally are changing their views of life, and it's adapting to culture based upon the pressure of culture. And the fact is, Scripture is Scripture. Truth is truth. It does not change, and God does not change. So when you see the holiness and what she brags on God, he is a rock, he is strong, he is a firm foundation, and he never changes. Verse 3, talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions our way. Boy, he, she says, we need to come to God in, whole, in humility. Understand the sovereignty, come in humility. How many times do we come? How many times do we get mad at God, not even realizing it's because we want it our way and God didn't give it to us and we become frustrated? And boy, that's not humility. That, that's coming as pride. And if we come with humility, then we come and we're just grateful for what God's going to do. In humility, we recognize the sovereignty of God. And by the way, we submit to it, and there's no greater thing we can submit to than the sovereignty of God. We submit to his actions, we submit to his will, we submit to his choice, and we can find great blessing and great fulfillment from this. And so we come with humility, she says. Verse 4, the bowls of mighty men are broken, and those who stumbled are girded with strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren have borne seven. And she who has many children has become feeble. So we talk about the, the bulls of many. The, the weapons of the warfare are broken. They're pointless. Uh, actually, you notice when she says this, uh, even the baron has borne seven. This is where she's referencing later herself. Ultimately, seven, whether that means seven more or Samuel plus six more. But we know she has been born barren. And uh, the person who mocked her, Penina, is now become feeble. Her argument is gone. She's praising the Lord for ultimate blessings. Verse 6, the Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and to make them inherit the, uh, make them inherit the throne of glory. Basically, God is in control of who he will put where he wants to put. He can take a poor person and move them to a place of power. 
He can take a power, per, a rich and powerful person, and ultimately we see that person life fall apart. And we've seen so many times football players leave the NFL and they have no money. Actors and actresses that lies when they were rich growing up have nothing. Uh, the world and what they offer cannot guarantee anything. There's no guarantee of continued wealth. There's no guarantee of prosperity. Um, and you have you get rich today, it could be gone next year, it could be gone next month, it could be gone tomorrow. Where if we trust in God, God is the one that does this. And sometimes they say it's not fair. Please understand, even with what we have been given, when I look at my life and the blessings of my life, my family, my home, my ministry, all that, it's of the Lord. Yeah, you know, I've done the work, I've gone to college. All you can you can sit back and say it's me. God has given me the ability to do these things that I must recognize that, and that is part of the praise that I just learned to trust in Him. Um, make sure I don't. He says, for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them, the second half of verse 8. Verse 9, he will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. By, for by strength no man shall prevail, for the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From, the, from heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. And you see, bragged on the fact that God will not be silenced, the, his enemies have no strength over him. That includes the enemy has no strength over God's followers. He talks about the saints there. When you follow God, the enemy will fight you. Satan will fight you. The enemy will come against you, but he will always lose if you stay strong with God. You can get discouraged and quit. You can walk away because it's not always comfortable. But if you stay strong, you endure hardness, as Paul told Timothy. You keep moving forward no matter what. There is God will overcome the enemy. He will fight for us. And that's, the battle is the Lord's, the Bible says, and that's where we hold on to this, the principle we can take from that. I love this last, verse 11. Then Elkanah went to his house at Ramah, but the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. Simply, they lived in obedience. Hannah made the promise. Elkanah supported it. They take Samuel up and they follow God in obedience. Samuel was there, which was really what was necessary. As you begin to think about all that Samuel would be used, this was obedience, and God blessed them as a result of that. Can I encourage you that one of the reasons we pray, one of the reasons we praise in worship, you know, if you go back to Luke 11 and others passages like it, what we call the model prayer, I don't believe that's a prayer that we're to quote, I believe it's a model. There are things in it that we're supposed to be a part of our prayer, and it starts off, hallowed be your name. We praise God. And I think it's an important thing. In fact, confession is done later in that, in that model prayer. Why? I think sometimes if we're not really praising God, if we don't really put God in his rightful place, um, confession becomes complicated because we don't recognize the needs of confession because we haven't put God in his rightful place. As we praise, a massive part of prayer is praise and worship. It exalts God. It puts him where he needs to be. It helps me to see a sovereign, powerful God, and it helps me to find trust and submission in the God that I serve. Well, again, thanks for joining us uh, for those few minutes as we examine the end of chapter one, or uh, beginning of chapter two, I'm sorry. We'll jump in to chapter two, tw verse 12 to, uh, tomorrow as we pick up, learn a little bit about Eli's sons and dig a little bit into Samuel's young age. I hope you stick with us as we dig through this, learn about this, and learn so much more about God and about his work in our lives. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.